So today we have, I know we always say we have a special guest. All of our guests are absolutely special, but this guest is has become a very, very close friend of mine. He's impacted me tremendously over the last two months, I think that I've known him, three months, and he's impacting people all over the country. He is a seven-figure hairstylist and salon owner, but he's also a coach that specializes in leadership, in branding, in social media to grow themselves and their business. So I'm excited to introduce Daniel Mason Jones, or DMJ as I like to call him. Welcome to More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business, Daniel. DMJ for short, get it right. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is gonna be a great opportunity. And you know, it, it's so funny when I think about how we met, it's uh, I've always said there are no accidents in life. People are put in your path on time, on purpose. And so today I know we're here together to serve in a bigger way because that's what we all know that we're here to do. Yes, absolutely. No, and, and there absolutely are are no accidents. I think, especially just knowing the the nature of God and how it all works. And I'm just glad that people get to hear your story. So, you know, without further ado, I want to dive into your story. How I know the backstory, but I want the people to hear it. How did you end up in the beauty industry? Well, that's a crazy story. I'm not sure how long you want to go with this one and how far you want to dig because you know the real story. Um, so I. Actually, my whole life, I knew in my heart that I was going to grow up to work in the funeral business. I was going to be a funeral director, an embalmer, and maybe even go on to the College of Charleston and study forensic pathology until I saw how much money it took, number one. And then the academic behind that, I didn't really want to go to school for the rest of my life. Um, granted, I love to learn every day. Being in college for a long time wasn't my plan. So I was in the funeral business working away and uh, realized that my calling was to serve people. And, you know, when, when you joke about working in the funeral business, people make, you know, silly comments about it. However, my purpose in being in the funeral home was never to serve the dead. It was to serve the living and to heal the broken. And I think, you know, all of us come from that same mindset. And uh, so I ended up one day I was working on a uh, reconstruction project. We will not go into details there, but I didn't realize that I had a hidden talent and someone said to me, you need to be in a different industry other than this. You have a skill. And uh, I didn't know what that even meant, but I started to research it and I, um, I ended up ultimately becoming a hairstylist. I, I did an apprenticeship here in Georgia uh, for almost two years. And then I have constantly been a student now for almost 20 years uh, in this industry. And it's been the most rewarding opportunity to be able to not only practice a craft and an art, but to really hear people's stories and help heal them from the inside out. Yes, which naturally lends itself. And it's no surprise that you ended up in leadership and coaching and development specifically. Um, with, with that, how did that part of your business start with coaching? It really happened organically. I was, I was teaching people hair color and cutting, and, and I love that. I love the science, the chemistry behind how everything works. Uh, the the geometry and, and shapes and cutting hair. Maybe I should have been an architect. I've joked about that many times. But uh, anyway, I loved every bit of that. But what I found was every time I would go into a stage or a room or a forum to speak or teach, people were asking me business questions. And, you know, as I've grown now in leadership and business growth, we've all heard this time and time again, the five questions you're most frequently asked are what people actually see about you. And so they were asking me how to run a business, how to generate numbers, how to build a clientele, how do you do all of these things? So I would go in to teach something artistry related and I would come out teaching a full on business course. And so 
I remember the day that I presented this to the company that I worked with. I said, hey, I'm being asked business questions all the time. And uh, they said, well, this is a color and cut company. This isn't a business company. So we'll stick to what you know. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so um, I'm not a person that will ever quit. So I have I have been with that company still remaining and have zero plans to go anywhere. And uh, now there is room for development. In fact, I had a call this morning moving forward into business development with this company globally. Hmm. Before I address some something else that you said, are you sure we don't need to put voice actor on your resume as well? Because like, Hearing you talk, it's like you need to be narrating something out there. Like, man, just to, uh, love your voice, seriously. Thank you. Um, but you had mentioned you had found your calling to serve. What, 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 when did that happen to you? Like, what did that look like? You know, when, when people, everybody has a story of where they've come from. And, you know, that's my favorite thing about what I do is building relationships, the connections. Uh, there's a beautiful community out there. And no matter what you do, no matter where you are in your life, you have to ask yourself this one thing. Am I going to be known as a commodity or part of a community? And so um, I knew that I wanted to be part of a community in leadership. I just didn't know what leadership would look like. And and furthermore, there was times that the voice would get in my head. It's like, who would want to possibly listen to you? What do you what could you even say to these people? And especially with the type of clientele that I work around it's a, it's a pretty well esteemed uh, and established clientele. And so then I, I had these people that were physicians and attorneys and they, they started asking me business questions. And I'm like, what? You're, what? <laughs> because there's a stigma around what we do in the beauty industry. You know, they think that we potentially are, are high school dropouts or, or whatever they might think about us. And, and I'm here to smash all of those stereotypes. But mm. Mm. so growing through leadership, you know, uh, we, we all have a faith background, all of us here on this call. And, you know, I grew up in church. I took ROTC when I was in high school for three years. Um, the religion that I was in, we, we were not allowed to wear short sleeves or participate in any kind of sports. And so with that being said, I couldn't take gym class. So <laughs> I was like, well, let me take ROTC. But that was some of the most amazing um, self-discipline that was instilled in me as a teenager. And quite honestly, I needed that and I didn't realize. It. So again, there are no accidents. So this self-development really started early on and we all come from places of hurt or disappointment or whatever that might look like. And I think the people that are called to really, I, I believe we're all called to serve. So let me clarify how I'm saying this. We are all called to serve. But those of us that have to answer that call, we have a sense of urgency that we have to wake up in the morning to pour into others. We understand because we were once on the other side where we needed someone to pour and lead us. Mm. Mm. So much, so much to unpack there. There's like, all right, which road do I want to go down? Um, well, since this is Enneagram for business, let's hear a little bit. I think for people that are familiar with Enneagram, they might be able to guess your type. But can you share with us how you uh, discovered the Enneagram, your Enneagram type, and then how it's helped you in being a business owner and a leader? Sure. So the first time I heard about it was about three years ago and everyone around me had, they had gone through this training with two monks that left the monastery to actually go into leadership. And uh, they had all had these classes and they were like, Oh, I'm a seven, I'm a six, I'm a four. I'm like, what are these numbers? <laughs> I was like, oh, my, is this like the sleep number? Like, what is this? And so we were mattress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, we were all at a, um, 
a restaurant in Long Beach, California, and I completely disengaged from the whole conversation at the at the dinner table. I was on my phone looking for a just a quick bootleg Enneagram test. And and I'm answering 40 minutes worth of questions and it, it comes back emails, of course, back to my email and tells me that I am a three with a two wing. Now, I didn't like that. I did not like that. I think it's a six or a seven that everybody likes. And I was like, I want to be that. <laughs> and so um, after meeting you, Keanu, I immediately took it again and found out that I was a two with a three wing. I've taken it now my third time and I'm a two with a three wing. So I'm staying consistent with my twos and threes. But as I dissected and read and your own advice, what you said, um, the attributes and characteristics. I'm definitely a two. I The part that I loved about being a two was helping people. I love to help people. That's truly my, my biggest mission. Three, being the achiever. Of course, we want to achieve a lot of things in life, but helping people will help you. I think it was Zig Ziglar that once said, uh, you can achieve and have anything you want in this lifetime if you help enough people. And uh, now you shouldn't help people just for that cost to, to pay back into yourself, but it just feels right to do that. So um, it, it's definitely fascinating, this whole journey of a two, three. And uh, as I learned and read about what a unha- or an unhealthy two was, I realized how much I didn't like myself when I have when I've been in that unhealthy two. And what that looked like was that maybe I would give to somebody and I would expect something in return or I would mm. I'm like, well, I have helped this person numerous times. Why aren't they showing back up for me? Mm. That's not how this life works. And so, um, you know, being a parent is one of the most humbling moments that will teach you when you're waking up or you're like up five times a night changing diapers. <laughs> They're spitting up on you and you clean them up. They don't say thank you. They can't say thank you. But your job in that role of a leader in your home is to do the right thing. So we have to keep humble and, and really serve with humility as we go through life. So I acknowledge when I have been unhealthy too, and I'm sure that I'll dip into that again at some point in time in my life, but I would prefer to be on the healthy side. Yes. And it's so common. What I like to tell people, and of course, the Enneagram, I use it a lot in the business space where faith isn't necessarily, I wouldn't say it's not welcomed. I think we just always want to be mindful for everyone's circumstance or what their beliefs are. Uh, but when I'm dealing with people that are in, that are of faith and we're talking about growth and development, then what the Enneagram helps us to understand is where those tensions will always exist and understanding the difference between problems and tensions. A problem is meant to be solved and a tension is meant to be managed. So when we understand, all right, hey, my my pride, that's the dominant struggle for a type two, is not to be solved. It's to be managed. So how can I manage manage it and everything and then begin to learn how to leverage it as a strength? Because as a type eight, I take on a lot of attributes of a type two. So that's familiar to me when I'm around people I'm closest to, that pride will surface. Or even then when I'm strong for people, which is like what the eight exists for to give their strength to others, but still giving to others and saying like, well, all right, I've been strong, but I don't want to decide when I get home and tell my wife, I don't want to decide what we're having for dinner. You decide. I've been making decisions all day, you know, so it'll surface in those little ways. <laughs> but it is, it's knowing uh, which tensions to manage and knowing that, hey, it's the same demon in a different disguise. Mm-hmm. So just because I defeated it in this aspect or in this disguise does not mean it's not going to surface again. It will surface again. And that's where we have the grace and the understanding to face it. Because how defeating would it be to ourselves if we say, well, I thought I dealt with that five years ago. Why is it surfacing again? Because 
that's the constant tension. So how do you manage that? Um, I know that you are a very positive and energizing and happy person, but how do you manage that tension of that pride or giving and knowing that, hey, I don't want to do this for a return because I know it's underneath the surface for all of us to a degree, but how do you manage that? Pandemic was the greatest gift ever given to any of us. And, and you know, with all due respect, if, if someone lost someone that my, my sincerest uh, apologies and condolences, but on the other side, the pandemic, my gosh, we had a giant alarm clock that went off around March 15th last year. And you had the choice, you could hit snooze or you could wake up. And I decided to answer that call and I woke up. We've had social change. We've had all sorts of things happen in the past year. We had to wake up. It was time for us to understand as a collective people that we're here to serve each other. And so when I started to look at the people, in fact, it was it was this week, one year ago, I made a video on my Instagram page. And I have, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but it was the first time I'd ever peeled an orange. So my son wanted an orange. I'm peeling this orange and I realized I have orange juice running all down my arms, which was, I did not like that. I don't like to get dirty. So <laughs> I'm peeling this orange and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm squeezing this orange too much. The harder I would squeeze it, the more juice would come down my arm. And I was like, this is exactly what's happening to society right now. The pressures of the outside are exposing what's inside of us, right? So if you were kind, kindness came out. If you were humble, humility came out. Um, if you were hateful, hate came out. If you, whatever it was, it came out. The truth was revealed in 2020. And as I sat back and I watched because I had nothing else to do but to sit back and watch what happened, I noticed that the people that live in true joy, not happiness, people that live in true joy are the people that wake up to serve other people. And the people that live in true animosity and anxiety every single day are the people that are serving self. And so 2020, my gosh, it was a gift that we all should be so thankful for. I love that. Absolutely love that. If I'm a listener and I'm sitting here and I'm like, true joy, how do, how do I find that DMJ? Where's that at? It's inside you. Been there all along. You know, there's a quote by Rumi. Uh, I can't get it exactly right, but it, it's basically saying you wander room to room looking for the, di the diamond or the diamond necklace, but it was around your neck the whole time. We were equipped, all of us, you know, we, we might have been created in unequal situations, but what's inside of us is equal. And uh, mm -hmm. so so how we decide to show up for every day is on us. True joy, there's a huge difference between joy and happiness. And when people look at me or they come around with like, you are always so happy. I'm like, no, I'm joyful. I'm joyful because I know why I'm here, right? I don't know how long I'm here for, but I know why I'm here. And while I'm here, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. So with that comes joy. Mm. Such a great example of living on purpose and with purpose and knowing that, you know, every day and understanding that, especially given the fact that, you know, that's where I think twos have a leg up on all of us in their personality, where they have a natural strength, where some of us have to fight to keep that motive to serve at the forefront A two, it's naturally going to be there. So it's always leading with that. Hey, I exist to serve. And you said it earlier, like, who's my next victim? Like, who am I serving now? <laughs> because you shared with me that, you know, given what happened with the pandemic and especially California and them barely being able to open up their salons right now and you're coaching and consulting them, you were ecstatic to say, hey, they, they just need me right now. And, yeah. and I've been blessed to be in a position where I can give of my time. 
And so you know that, hey, that's my purpose. I don't need anything for it. However, I sat in a class with you because of one of my business partners who brought you in to speak to her salon. Awesome class. Daniel is an amazing speaker. So authentic. Um, you really challenged uh, those stylists to value their time and know that your time is valuable. So when you start increasing your prices and things like that, you need to know, hey, that comes with the territory. So I know that but if you wouldn't have increased your prices to get where you are at, you would not be able to give now. So there's a balance there. And I find that with every entrepreneur, I do not care what their type is. I don't know how to value my time. I don't know how to ask for this much money. I don't, you know, this and that. Can you shed a little bit of light or give some guidance to those that, you know, are having a struggle with valuing their time and really putting a price tag on their, their services? Of course. And, and I'm going to be honest with you up front. I can tell you how to increase it. And I'm also going to tell you that it's uncomfortable every time you increase it. Um, you know, there are people that might serve from an ego place. We know what ego is, edging God out or edging greatness out. But <laughs> if you come back, if you rein it back in, understand, you know, when I do hair, I'm not just doing hair. You're not just buying a fade or a cut or a color. You're not buying that from me. You're walking away from my chair. And I, I hear this probably 15 to 20 times every single day. I heard it all day long yesterday. Man, I don't know what it is about sitting in your chair, but I walk out of here two inches taller. I feel like I can tackle the world. I'm going to go home and tell my wife she's beautiful. I'm going to go home. Like I hear this stuff all the time. And so um, my worth is more than a haircut. My worth mm -hmm. is more than a color. I come with experience. You know, we, you and I had a conversation just before the, uh, the, the recording today about a cable to plug into our computers. It was about, it's not about how simple and quick that advice is, it's what led us to be able to give that advice. So um, me being a hairstylist, I do have a very large book. I do have a wait list. I've had a wait list for 20 years of people to get their hair done, to work inside my organization, um, whatever it is. And that's because of culture. That could be a totally different podcast. But when you show up again on time on purpose, you start to increase your value. So the, the higher demand on your time that increases the value in the price. So think about when you travel in the summertime, gas prices go up because they know we're going to be in our cars more. So if I'm a hairstylist or a photographer or a, a doctor, maybe I'm a concierge doctor and um, I'm completely at capacity instead of saying, hey, I no longer will accept new patients. Don't say that because in translation, you're saying I no longer accept new currency. None of us should ever do that in business because just through natural attrition, we're going to lose people. And so we have to go ahead and figure out what the next plan is. So don't be afraid to charge what your worth is, but make sure you're staying within, within reach of people. Know who you're going to um, overlook by not doing that. And I've always said this and, and don't take it the wrong way, but I would rather charge the wealthy the way that I do so that I can give to the poor the mm. way that I do. Mm. Uh, Right. So there's people that need my help. And, and you all are very familiar with the passage to whom much is given, much is required. Yes. And so in that space, if I charge one hundred dollars for a haircut, I do not feel guilty about it. You're going to get an amazing haircut, but you're also going to walk away with so much more. So understanding as the price goes up, the value better go up with it. That is such a great example of leveraging pride as a strength. I am proud of what I offer and I'm proud of what I do. And because of that, hey, here's the price. Um, you know, I had, I had even personally had to get that guidance when I had started my coaching practice and knowing that, hey, I have people that make a, a, a lot less that pay a lot more. That's okay. 
you know, because they know the value of it, but you touched on something. There's so many different, again, avenues that we can go down culture, um, you know, and valuing yourself. Daniel, you had mentioned that you're more than a cut. They're not just getting their haircut or what have you. They're getting that full experience. They're walking out of there a better person. And Lamar, I think there's something that we believe in about being more than something. Gosh, I, I think the people are, you're more than a number, right? I know we might be one sevens, threes, fives, nines, all of us, but really we're even bigger. We're more than the number. Uh, we can be more, we can do more. And everything that we're providing to people is more because of what's inside of us. I, I absolutely love that. It was such a great inspiration, DMJ. Thank you. You, uh, I, I love the the business application though, because, you know, Disney doesn't sell, you know, Disney sells an experience. Apple sells belonging, right? So it's, it's so much more than just that physical product. So was that a revelation that you had just in time or how did you get to that space and that grasping to be as successful as you are now? It took me a long time to realize my value as a human, not as a stylist, not as a leader, not as a dad or a husband or any of those things. It took me a long time because society, what society says and how they sometimes make you feel. Um, and as I stepped into my power, when I decided that the voice of man wasn't nearly as strong as the voice that I listened to. Um, so it, when, you, when you're able to step into that, you can own yourself, then your value, my friend, <laughs> then you get it, it all clicks one day. And so I guess that's one of my biggest passions now. You know, I wish there was a way that I could reach the entire youth of the world and be like, hey, you know what? You are here on purpose. You are loved. You are perfect. You are good. Be kind. Know that there's a bigger place than just you. Do the right thing. But one day you're going to make a difference in the world. And none of us, I, Michael Jordan, right? Did not come here to be, to be mediocre. Like, not for one day in his whole journey. In fact, I, I think I read about him. He had uh, the most scores ever in one of his games. He had the flu. <laughs> so yes. understanding when you're in your purpose, your mindset, you can shift anything else out of the way when this is right. When you get this, this headspace right, you're good to go. You understand your value. You understand your worth without, without ego. Pride, pride in, the, in a humility form, I guess, is okay, right? Like I, I can cut hair really well. I've also trained 20 years to do that. Um, and, but are there people better than me? Absolutely. A million percent. Mm. I, they really are. <laughs> I've got kids that work in my salon now. I'm like, you're 19 years old. Really? I'm going to go hang my shears up. <laughs> But it's, it's just about understanding that the people that are in your chair. So as I grew in my career, as I would listen to these conversations, I can think of one of my clients right now, his name's Carlos. He and his wife both are extremely successful. I mean, powerhouses. And uh, she's in sales. She flies around on a private jet. You know, she does, it's, they are just powerful people. He turned around to me one day. He comes in about every three weeks for haircut. And he says, you know what? He goes, can I just talk to you? And I was like, of course. <laughs> he says, coming to you is so bittersweet. And I said, like, why do you say that? He was like, my hair looks great. Jenny's going to love it when I get home. I was like, yes, she will. <laughs> and he said, understanding, watching how you work, watching how your teammates walk by you and like give you heads up or nods or high fives or thanks for today or the things that they're saying or watching how they interact. He was like, I have never worked in an environment like what you've created what are you doing here? And I was like, I have no idea. I'm loving people. You know, that's what I do. There's no secret sauce to it. You show up, you show up for others. I'm always on the back burner. In fact, in my company, there's 50, as of today, there are 57 hairdressers that work in my one location. 
And uh, <laughs> the, um, the people that are there, like they, they make me so proud every day. Clients will come into the salon and they have no clue that I'm the owner or leader of that organization. They have no clue because we all lead together, right? And that's how we show up. And I've always gone with the mindset of I manage systems and I lead people. You know, people, people need the freedom to lead themselves, especially in an artistic arena. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that answers your question. It did. And so much more because you also touched on the culture piece and I w work with leaders and we understand this. You attract who you are, not what you want. Mm. So if that's positive, then that's positive. You attract who you are in DMJ. We know who you are. And I'm hoping that the listeners, even in this limited interaction can tell who you are. Uh, you attracted who you are, but there are some people that are totally the opposite, but they want more of people like you, right? To carry the culture or to build the culture. But as a leader, you have to take a look inside first and say, who are you? And I know this about myself. We have now nine coaches going through our uh, training with Lamar and the majority of them, no surprise, are type eights, super <laughs> driven and passionate. And then the others are, we have uh, some threes and some sevens uh, and one five now, but again, all of that very driven entrepreneurial spirit. So I know that, Hey, well, that's what we wanted. However, I have to deal with the crux that comes with that. That's like, these are all a bunch of stallions that, that we're just going to have to let run. And I'm okay with that because you attract who you are. So was that how you built your culture? You just said, Hey, this is who I am. And this is walk us through how you landed at the culture that you're, you're at right now. You know, this, this is a good question. So there are two of us that own, own the company together. My husband and I, Jody, we've been together in this business 20 years or not in the business. We've been in our, in our home business for 20 years, um, our company for 16 years. And as we have operated this company, the, the servant's heart, the leadership comes from both of our, it's in our souls, it's in our DNA. Um, he's definitely going to be someone that is more uh, calm. Right. I'm going to I'm going to be excited all the time. I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to fire up the team. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's rally. Um, he's behind the scenes crunching numbers and it just works. But the people that work in our company, if you if you two guys were to walk into our salon right now, the first thing you would see is you wouldn't get a parking space because I got a text message earlier that <laughs> they've been circling the building all day long. <laughs> Second thing, when you walk in that building, you are going to feel if you're sensitive at all, you're going to feel energy that is like it's exciting. It's fun. You feel love the minute you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's something that's, that's hard to achieve a lot of times. And especially, you know, I'm like, I'm scared I'm on eggshells to say this, but when you get artists together, but especially 50 plus females together to have a lot of uh, team champion, like cheering each other on, it's a challenge, but we've been able to do that. And how we've done that is, is showing up in constant communication, staying strong with the team. This is what we believe. This is our core values. This is our mission of this, of this salon. You know, people know when they come into our company that we every single year, we are going to dedicate one clinical trial back to sickle cell anemia and childhood cancer. That's what we do. That's who we are. Um, it's a non-negotiable. Last year, we couldn't do we couldn't do a clinical trial because COVID shut our business down for a while. But we still were able to donate a decent chunk back because that's who we are. So they understand that for them to work in this company, they are also not just a hairdresser, that these are people that we're there to serve our community um, because people need us all the time. Yeah. Gosh, there's two things that I'd, I'd love for you to elaborate on. The first one was you said really quickly, um, talking about the core values and the missions is something that constantly happens. What does that look like in your organization? 
So that's that's great, great feet are a great question there. And so how we do it, we have level systems inside of inside of our company. So if you're in our growth program, so you're growing, you're learning the ropes of how we operate, what we're going to expect out of you. Um, we're going to have constant contact with you. We're going to be talking to you almost weekly. Once you become a level one in our company, we're going to be talking to you monthly. Level ones, twos, and sometimes three, we talk to you monthly. Now, once you're a little bit past that, we have eight levels inside of our organization. So once you're a level four and higher, we touch base with you absolutely dedicated time every quarter. Like we really want to talk to you. And when we come in to to have these conversations, we're not just talking about your numbers and your growth and retention. Uh, we're not talking about retail sales productivity. We will talk about that. The first thing we're going to talk about is how are you? Mm. How are you feeling? You know, how's your family? How are your kids? How's your spouse? Because when you let people know that you care about them in a company versus the numbers, the graphs, the charts, now they're going to show up for you. And, you know, I'll even go as far as I did this just a while back. I went to Target and bought a bunch of thank you cards. I'm not, my handwriting's horrible. Um, <laughs> I might be identified as a serial killer with my handwriting, <laughs> but I would just write thank you cards. And in each card, I would say it was nothing to do with the business nothing to do with the business. I would say, hey, you know what, Lamar? Thank, I just want to say thank you for you being you. Whenever you're in the building, whenever you're around me, the world is better. It's brighter. I feel positive. I love how you lead your home. I love how you love your children. You are an inspiration. And I would sign my name and I would say, hey, at some point in time during the day, I say, hey, Lamar, I need to talk to you for one second. Can you, can you meet me? And you'd be like, yeah. And so I just want to give you this. There's nothing special in it. I just want to let you know I appreciate you. You're amazing. I couldn't do this without you, you know, going about your business. And I'm going to give you this. And I can't tell you how many spouses would reach out to me on social media and say, you have no idea. My wife came home today so excited. She got a card from you. You know, you know? My heart. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like already feeling it. Oh, man, that's good. That you show up for people. You never know, right? You never know as leaders. What's the job of a leader? We're always reaching our hand over. I'm not going to say necessarily down because when you when you really lead, the people are beside you. So you're going to reach over and grab the person's hand and just and just bring them home. And I put a quote on my Instagram. Um, Ram Dass, I think, was the uh, the originator of the quote. But it said, we are all here walking each other home. Just think about that for a second. We are all here walking each other home. Why would you walk somebody home? Their path is dark. They've lost their way. Maybe they can't walk. They've lost their strength. So that's what we do as leaders is you you help people. You walk them home and they walk us. Yeah. Well, I think especially, you know, given our all of our, our faith understanding that that's ultimately we're all in, in process. This isn't it for us. You know, there's there's so much more. Uh, after this really this is just this this is nothing in comparison so knowing that hey it's that's how we'll be that's the true measure i want to hear you know well well done good and faithful servant not just you're in right you made it you know you believed in christ you're here but no like well done like this is what you did so you set us up and i think this is a great way to close would you say that when you accelerate relationships you accelerate results one million percent all day well that's that's our belief as a company. That's our belief on the podcast. And that's why we really lean into understanding, you know, how to leverage the Enneagram and this knowledge and this information. When you accelerate relationships, when you focus in on relationships, results happen. I had leaders that, you know, 
they, they, they knew what to do. They were great leaders, but it was very hard to follow them because there was no relationship. I had other leaders that built a relationship with me and I'd run through a wall head first for them. Now I naturally have a proclivity to want to run through walls, but you know, um, so DMJ, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people engage with you both for social media and then also for your coaching? So everything of mine, I would be a terrible branding guy if, if I didn't have everything set up as Daniel Mason Jones. So my Instagram is Daniel Mason Jones. I have a professional Facebook page. It's Daniel Mason Jones Professional. I have a website, DanielMasonJones.com. And uh, I would love to answer any questions for anybody. And, you know, of course, I, I'm doing things outside of our industry now, which is pretty powerful, too. That's that's also been a big, a big wish of mine and uh, serving bigger and, and bolder. So when it comes to social or learning how to make videos or any of those kind of hacks, I'm always here. And listen, I love helping people. Yes, absolutely. And we love to have you. Thank you so much, DMJ, for not only the time that you spent here, but I know you're probably going to get on a call right now, another coaching call and serve someone else. So thank you just for the impact that you're having in the world and really the change that you're being and leading from that heart of servitude. So thank you everyone for joining us. This has been More Than Numbers, Enneagram for Business. As always, if you are ready to work with us, we are so ready to work with you to accelerate relationships and accelerate results in your business, on your team, or in your personal life. We can't wait to partner with you. So if you're ready, you're ready to take that next step. Email us, info at truestrategy.info. Let us know what your goals are. Let us know how you're trying to accomplish them and how we can use our coaching to accelerate relationships and accelerate results for you. Thank you again for joining us.